سر بسر ہے کلام ربی وہ میرے آقا کی زندگی ہے یہ سب تمہارا کرم ہے آقا بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ریڈیو رمضان 87.7 ایف ایم سے میں ہوں آپ کا ہوسٹ زبیر اکرم آج سترہ رمضان المبارک یوم بدر اور مغرب کا وقت ہے آٹھ بج کے اڑتیس منٹ آج روزانہ کی طرح میرے مہمان ہے شیخ رضوان محمد صورت روم کا مطالعہ جاری ہے اور پچھلی تقریباً سولہ نشستوں میں ہم بتیس کے قریب آیات جو ہے وہ ان کا اس کا مطالعہ کر چکے ہیں اور کافی ڈیٹیل میں کافی ڈیپتھ میں کچھ آیات کو ہم نے اس طرح سے سمجھا گویا معنی پہلی دفعہ سمجھ آیا اور کچھ کا ربط اس طرح سے تلاش کیا کہ جو ہسٹوریکل جو تاریخ ہے تاریخی حقائق ہیں اس کا انسانی زندگی کے ساتھ جوڑ کیا ہے اور آج کے دور میں ہمیں یہ آیات کس طرح سے رہنمائی فراہم کرتی ہیں تو آج کی آیات سنتے ہیں سورہ روم کی اور اس کے بعد اس پہ گفتگو ہوگی شیخ رضوان سے بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم جی میرے خیال میں کوئی ٹیکنیکل ایشو ہے جی فیصل بتائیے گا ہم آج کی آیات چلا سکیں گے بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ان دا نیم آف اللہ دی انٹائرلی مرسیفل دی اسپیشلی مرسیفل اولم یرو ان اللہ یبسط الرزق لمن یشاء ویقدر ان فی ذالک لآیات لقوم یؤمنون Do they not see that Allah extends provision for whom he wills and restricts it? Indeed, in that are signs for people who believe فَآتِ ذَا الْقُرْبَى حَقَّهُ وَالْمِسْكِينَ وَابْنَ السَّبِيلِ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ لِلَّذِينَ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ So give the relative his right, as well as the needy and the traveler. That is best for those who desire the countenance of Allah, and it is they who will be the successful. وَمَا آتَيْتُم مِّن رِبًا لِيَرْبُوَ فِي أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ فَلَا يَرْبُوَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ 
وَمَا آتَيْتُمْ مِنْ زَكَاةٍ تُرِيدُونَ وَجَهَ اللَّهِ فَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُضْعِفُونَ And whatever you give for interest to increase within the wealth of people will not increase with Allah. But what you give in zakah, desiring the countenance of Allah, those are the multipliers. Allah الذي خلقكم ثم رزقكم ثم يميتكم ثم يحييكم هل من شركائكم من يفعل من ذلكم من شيء سبحانه وتعالى عما يشركون Allah is the one who created you then provided for you then will cause you to die and then will give you life Are there any of your partners who does anything of that? Exalted is he, and high above what they associate with him. Corruption has appeared throughout the land and sea by reason of what the hands of people have earned. So he may let them taste part of the consequence of what they have done, that perhaps they will return to righteousness. Sadaqallahu ladeem. Kya ye log dekhte nahi hai ke Allah hi ka rizq kushada karta hai? Kya ye log dekhte nahi hai ke Allah hi rizq kushada karta hai? Jiska chahta hai? اور تنگ کرتا ہے جس کا چاہتا ہے یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو ایمان لائے ہیں پس اے مومن رشتہ دار کو اس کا حق دو اور مسکین اور مسافر کو اس کا حق یہ طریقہ بہتر ہے ان لوگوں کے لیے جو اللہ کی خوشنودی چاہتے ہیں اور وہی فلاح پانے والے ہیں جو سود تم دیتے ہو تاکہ لوگوں کے اموال میں شامل ہو کر وہ بڑھ جائے اللہ کے نزدیک وہ نہیں بڑھتا اور جو زکوٰۃ تم اللہ کی خوشنودی حاصل کرنے کے ارادے سے دیتے ہو اس کے دینے والے در حقیقت اپنا مال بڑھاتے ہیں اللہ ہی ہے جس نے تم کو پیدا کیا پھر تمہیں رزق دیا پھر وہ تمہیں موت دیتا ہے پھر وہ تمہیں زندہ کرے گا کیا تمہارے ٹھہرائے ہوئے شریکوں میں کوئی ایسا ہے جو ان میں سے کوئی بھی کام کرتا ہو پاک ہے وہ اور بہت وہ برتر ہے اس شرک سے جو یہ لوگ کرتے ہیں صدق اللہ عظیم السلام علیکم شیخ وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ شیخ یسٹرڈے وی فنشڈ آف آر سیشن وتھ دس کانسیپٹ دیٹ وین ایور وین ایور وی آر ان ڈفیکلٹی وی رن ٹو اللہ سبحانہ و تعالی اینڈ ونس دس ڈفیکلٹی از اوور ایز ایف وی فرگیٹ ہیم And then uh, and we feel that it is our own doing that we have attained some success and we forget Allah. And from there, uh, these ayahs of today about risk. And mm-hmm. risk 
it, what seems is is absolutely not in control of human beings doesn't matter how much endeavor you have it is already measured it is already destined for you and you will only get what you have in your destiny hmm. yeah is that how it is it, well yes that's the kind of summary yes yesterday we kind of um, touched upon these things um and one of the interesting things about the the kind of passage that we looked at yesterday was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing a couple of um important rules for 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 how life works for human beings which is test tribulations um bring out the the real reality of a human being so you know it's when you put somebody through a uh at you know some kind of obstacle course you can then differentiate between different types of people you know um and so this is the same here the same things happening when difficulty comes there's a response from most people and when ease comes as a response to people it's very much um something that we can guess with most people in fact most people will, will be like this because the reason remember the reason for that is that their their state is a very childlike state it's still an immature state where they cannot realize the contradiction of what they are actually doing themselves so so you know why does it make sense that you are in a sense two-faced with god mm. that when you know you recognize allah you recognize a creator sustainer but only when you need it only that concept is only a concept when you need it it's not a reality it's not a lived experience it's not even a lived relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your creator sustainer which mm. should be the, the you know the the deepest um, relationship that you have with anything should be with your creator so you know when we talked about you know faqim wajhaka hanifa and you know establish your face and your countenance and your and your constitution and your purpose directly towards god and completely towards god we said that part of that is the kind of the quranic verse in qul inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alamin that my my prayers and my sacrifice my, my sacrifices my life and my death are for allah the lord of the world and that indicates that there should be a as as focused um you know turning towards allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we said the verses have this word inaba or munib in it which is is turning back with intent and so the the phenomena that we see of an immature soul is that it's only when it's of benefit to them that they turn towards God and it's also even it's not just about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's about anything most immature people are only interested in things if it's for their own benefit until they realize there's a bigger picture to things mm. and so that's the big problem the big problem is not just that they're not um obedient and subservient to God it is that there's a trait of being two-faced in how you deal with uh, scenarios and um, protocols that you come come up against in your life most people would say it's better to be I would say sincere to be consistent in all things in your life so where does this come from it comes from an immaturity of the soul essentially that mm. you know when they're when they're when they're given some kind of mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they're in a state of elation and and and, and happiness and if something difficult or sayyatun, you know, something that is is something that they detest hits them or, or afflicts them, 
and always be, the, the Quran says بِمَا قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ you know based upon what their own hands have done إِذَا هُمْ يَقْنَطُونَ that's the point at which they lose complete hope and they fall apart they basically crumble because remember, they're at the behest of events. They're at the behest, slaves of things, slaves of events that are taking place around them. They're not the people creating the events. They're not the people forcing the events. They're the people that are reacting to events. And, you know, in all walks of life, that's a very, you know, very weak position to be in where you're always reacting. If you think of any situation, any scenario, in which you're reacting to something rather than acting, you're basically on the back foot. Whether it's, yeah. you know, say football, you know, if you watch a f- football match, there's always this idea that one ga- one team is dictating the tempo, the, the the tactics, and the other team's reacting. If you're reacting, then obviously you're in a weaker position. Yeah. You know, if you're, you know, if, if the market's reacting to an event that takes place, the market in and of itself as, as a financial inst- 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 kind of instrument, as a wide instrument, is is weak because it's reacting to events like Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. The whole world is reacting to it in terms of food supply, for example, in terms of energy supply. So it means that you're at the behest of a war. And mm. at, a, at a personal level, you're, the, you're, you're a slave to whatever destiny throws in, you, in your path. So if it's this, you do. We know what you're going to do. If it's that, we know what you're going to do. It's almost like a, an experiment where you have, you know, a, an animal where you put stimuli in its path and you know what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. And what's the what's the clever thing? What's the game changer here? The game changer is Hanifa. That takes you out of that reactionary mode into, okay, I know where all this is coming from. Let's take a deep breath and let's just deal with it. And that is, that is, that is the state of the believer. The believer is, as we talked about yesterday, is, is a person is either in a state of shukar, of thankfulness for good that's come, or in a state of patience for the difficulty that comes, because they know the difficulties from God, the ease is from God, and the and both have a reaction which is different. But essentially, they're not reacting; they're just um, in sync. Hmm. So this is like you know we, we've talked about this before. Tawfiq is to kind of be synced in with what God. Uh, is making happen and then reacting to it based upon the not a reactive force but re- reacting to it based upon what you know is requested of you in that situation based upon the fact that it's your creator sustainer and this is why you know the next verses then start to talk about the fact that look nothing's in your control to the point that your own sustenance that makes you alive to do things is from God so mm. risk is a name specifically used for what a person consumes, makes use of, and expends. It's like what they call in economics fungible commodities. It's a, it's a fun, material fun, well-being. No, no, it's not material well-being. It, it, risk is essentially what is fungible and usable and is, has been used. Okay. So you know, a fungible item is like food, something that you use and you can't use again. And so risk is of that nature. Once you've had your risk, you can't re you can't you can't um what's the word here? Regurgitate the risk to somebody else. Mm. Your risk is yours, it's not gonna um miss you. And what if it's missed you, it's not it's not wasn't your risk. Mm. So well-being is something wider. What you know, well-being is uh, it depends what you mean by well-being, but generally well-being 
you said material well-being, didn't you? So yeah. there's things about the material well-being which are they're not your risk because there's just the general environment within which you live mm. that may be shared with somebody else. The general sense of uh, happiness that you have, which will be shared upon the kind of culture and 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 kind of community that you live in. The mm. risk is a very personal thing, which is the kind of thing that is dictated and set aside for you at the time of your inception. You know, at the time of the the roh being being instilled within the body. That's the point at which your risk is established, and it just means that, you know, what does it mean that your risk is established? Because you don't know what the, you don't you don't know what your risk is. So why are you told that your risk is established? That's what's quite an important point. Hmm. You know, because so, so risk can't be. Um, you know, I have a paper basically in front of me, uh, written <clears> by someone, and he translates risk as material well being. Mm-hmm. And there is a scoring card of um, of how his his understanding of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, tells us in the entire Quran mm-hmm. uh, different ways of why some people have more or less risk what what are the factors you know uh, and there are 10 of them but anyway so material well-being is something that you think is not risk risk is something different from material well-being no it depends how you define again material well well-being is like it's not the reason why i'm saying i'm hesitant to say that's risk is because risk is something that is assigned and consumed hmm. so hmm. it depends what the person obviously you know, they say in Islamic studies, there's no, there's, I'm not going to disagree, disagree with the term. It depends yeah, what yeah. the person means with the term. Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody uses material well-being and, and they say this means exactly what risk is. That's fine. But risk, you have to go from the term and then say risk is essentially in, in the theology of our faith is a very deep thing, which is to do with qadan qadar, it's to do with um the decree of God hmm. for a specific um, amount of, you could say, material well-being, but material fungible items and elements that you consume and nobody else can get. Yeah, so the moment yeah. that you know, material well-being is oh, is shared. I I have this concept that material well-being is something that's shared between lots of people, but risk hmm. is this thing that is directly addressed to you, hmm. and then when you get it. You use it. It's like a it's like a a battery that doesn't charge up. So once you've consumed it, you've used it. It's like your clothes that you've used and you've worn out and you've you've distributed or given to charity or whatever. It's food. It's wealth that you had that you used and spent. Um, mm, all these mm. things are considered to be risk. Things are specifically signed for you. And nobody else in it on the universe. But in risk, do we have? Okay, just trying to define risk. Risk is also your offsprings, maybe our health, knowledge. Well, you think Respect. risk, yeah, the risk is like there's a wider understanding to risk, which is what nourishes you and what informs you and what, what shapes you. There is this kind of idea of risk being wider than just material or something that's consumed, which is. You know, at a kind of metaphorical level, you would say like friends, your associates, mm. all the experiences that you have are in some way sent to you by God specifically. And from that perspective, they are a type of risk and your children are 
a type of risk as a wider sense of shaping who you are. Mm, and remember, mm. the kids come with their own risk anyway. So, yeah. you know, maybe it'll be that you have a child and the child is a means by which your risk is increased, mm. which means that the child was sent with a kind of a, a, a policy of financial security that they come with their own risk. So, mm. you know, I, I always, I mean, I was listening to something a couple of days ago about somebody who was looking to get married and they were saying they're not going to get married because if they can't get married because it's too expensive and then if they get married then how can they have a child because it's too expensive mm-hmm. and so that mindset is a very dangerous because every child comes with the risk mm. and what you have is a movement now i think there was somebody talking about this i think it was jordan peterson he was talking about he was at a conference and there was he said it was the most disturbing thing he'd ever experienced in academia in the university where a professor another professor on the same platform was telling young people that they should never get married because it will destroy the environment. Mm. Meaning they should never, sorry, never have a child because they, it will destroy the environment. And he, and the person said he himself had never, was never going to have children because of that same reason. Mm. Cause it's enough that he says enough people on the earth um, consuming everything that I don't want to put another person on the earth. And he basically said, if you're, if you're having children, you're, you're basically a criminal because you're destroying the environment. And obviously the the trauma that would cause young people in a university setting where a professor is saying this, Jordan Peterson said it was the most disturbing thing he'd ever said, ever heard on a a platform. Because it is, I mean, that is such such audacity for a person who has no input into how risk and how sustenance and how the world distributes its wealth is ordered to make a, a, a statement, not a statement, an order for people to live a life in a specific way based upon mm. their own s- simple, uh, you know, kind of mathematical uh, understanding of how the world works, which is actually flawed. If you look at the scientific kind of evaluation of how um, how we produce food and how we, you know, th- there was this thing, I, you know, when I was at university, we studied um, population studies. So was this, there was this very famous... Um, theory robert malthus was a pastor an anglican pastor in, in, in england who was also a type of philosopher and he had a paper called um it was on the um the fact that the population of the world was was increasing to a point he his study was actually in england but he was saying the population of the world is such that it cannot be sustained on earth mm. so basically he's saying look imagine that there's a cake and mm. there's 10 of us okay we have 10 slices if there's 20 of us, there's 20 slices. If there's a million of us, we can't survive because that's all that's left. So his thing was we need to cut population. We need to control um, the size of families. Otherwise, everyone will starve. And guess what happened? I mean, that's like the 18, 19, mid-19th century. Guess what happened? Completely wrong. Completely, I mean, scientifically completely disproven, philosophically completely disproven because of the fact that it, it it orders things based upon the fact that humans can't progress to produce more food. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. there's a, there's a de- sense of privilege here, which is oh, oh, we have to, de- we're going to decide who has, who has a, a child or not. So mm-hmm. a lot of these programs in, 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 in Muslim countries restricting and seeking to restrict the population size is not what they say. They always say that what well, is for maternal well-being. So it's for, the, the health of females in those societies 
I mean, look, it's pretty well documented that these policies are established to restrict the size of population increase in developing countries in general. Mm-hmm. Like that's not even, I don't even have to like state the, the background to that. That's pretty well known in policy circles that the backdrop to that is a discussion about controlling the world's population, not about maternal health, not about saving females. Um, I mean, that's the hook. Not, that's the hook. And that's the unfortunate thing that they are not open enough to admit, admit that. But, you know, when the when the veil is lifted, mm. <laughs> you know, when this when the when the curtain drops, it's like, you know, the um, the film Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you've watched it. The old. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's from the 50, 40s or something, 1940 or something. So my kids love that film. And there's a part at the end of it where the, the wizard is actually behind a curtain. Mm. And they think there's some kind of wizard. It's actually an old man just playing with all these knobs and handles. And at a certain point, the curtain drops. And they realize it's this this man, you know, just making up all this myth. Mm-hmm. And when when the when the curtain drops, everything becomes clear, you know. And that's what's interesting about um, this thing of fear of provision, which is such a a big thing about, you know, intosibhum sayyatun. You know, one of the reasons why this verse, Allah says, "Have you not seen that God, you know, expands his the the, the sustenance for whoever He wills." And he controls it, restricts it. The reason that comes up here is because right before it, it talks about the fact that if they're afflicted with an evil or a difficulty, because of what they've done, they go into a state of depression and and despair. Mm. Mm. The most most, um, pertinent way that happens is risk. Mm. You know, even death people, you know, are really shaken by it, but it doesn't shake them in terms of doing something that is going to be um, what they would not want have wanted to do. Hmm. So it's quite an important thing. You know, a difficult. Imagine somebody passes away. That is a, a deep trauma. But nobody, as a result of that, will do something that they would not do otherwise. Hmm. Now, if you're afflicted with a financial earthquake, it's not the case. You know, if you are afflicted and at the point that you need to sustain yourself. Slowly but surely, <clears throat> you will start to look at ways in which you can do that, even if you know that you would normally not do that. I don't have mm. to mention examples and think about it. Poverty leads to, you know, war situations and poverty leads to people, especially females going to uh, environments where they would never have imagined they should have gone to. Yeah, And that's the nature of just pure survival, and that's to do with risk. And, mm. and one of the things about this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it's, it's, do you not see that God expands the risk for whoever He wills? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what's interesting is it's for what he, who is for the person that He desires. Mm-hmm. It's not you know as we said yesterday. It's not based upon IQ. It's not based upon you know anything apart from almost like a you tie in your your efforts with something mm-hmm. that's almost like a chance mm-hmm. at which mm-hmm. you kind of are overflowing with that wealth. You kind of move into the wealth yourself. And Allah says, indeed, in this is a sign for people that believe, you know, have faith, have faith, meaning, look, your risk is going to come to you. Mm. What you are asked is, as the Prophet said, فَأَجْمِلُ فَطَلَبُ You know, you should, you should be gracious and um, ethical in the way that you seek it, because it's going mm. to come to you. So all you're asked to do is, is look at pathways through which that's done in, in the right way.
Reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad. Uh, There's a time for a short ad break. And inshallah, after this break, we'll be looking at almost like a framework of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides our risk. And is there are there any factors which are unseen factors that can increase or decrease our risk? Uh, why some people have more than others and how we interact with this inequality, uh, so to say, um, and uh, live our lives of contentment around the um, bumpy risk ride that people have in their lives. Uh, short ad break and inshallah we'll be back after this. Reflections with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad, um, 17th of Ramadan today. Iftar today is at, let me just confirm, 8.38. Iftar today is at 8.38. Um, the ayah of focus today is 37th ayah of Surah Al-Rum, 30th Surah Quran. Awalam yaraw anna allaha yatsutu rizqa liman yasha'u wa yaqdir. And do they not see that Allah enlarges and straightens the sustenance of those whom he pleases? Uh, and it seems there is no criteria for that. But is there one? Uh, this is what we're going to explore in the next maybe 30 minutes or so. There are signs in this for those who believe. So, Sheikh, I remember years ago, and I've been meaning to, uh, years ago we did this tafsir of Surah Al-Insan, I think maybe five, six years. إِنَّا خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِن نُطْفَةٍ أَمْشَاجٍ نَبْتَلِيهِ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ سَمِيًّا بَصِيرًا And this was, uh, that was mind-boggling for me, that mind-blowing, can I say. Verily, we created man out of... So it's not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us these um, senses and because of the senses, we will be tested. And you said people... So the, the, the default position is insan is created to be tested. Mm-hmm. And for that test, we've been given these senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It, it's other way around. Okay. Um, it's not that you have those senses, five senses, mm-hmm. or we, we have the abilities, and these abilities, there, there is an accountability of the abilities. But the default position, Imam Razi, um, you had quoted Imam Razi's uh, tafsir on this ayah. Inna khalaqna insana min mm-hmm. So we have been given test as default, mm-hmm. and everything around it is so that we can sit the test. Mm. 
Yes. Is there a correlation of this with risk? How, um, how is there a direct correlation between risk? Hmm. Think about risk is the relationship you have with risk is twofold. There's two aspects to your relationship with risk. One is your perception of where it comes from. So hmm. this is why it's important that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Awalam yaro." You know why is Allah saying, "Do they not see?" You know, it's a question, but it's not a question. It's essentially saying that God is the one that expands risk for people, whoever He wills. So, from one perspective, the most important con con you know concept of risk, the, the top level headline of your relationship to this topic, is that you know that it comes from God. Mm. That's going to establish and set everything else. In other words, everything you do about earning a living, you know, seeking a job, spending, everything you think about in any any sense that relates to finance or um, income, is going to be on under the headline of the fact that you're relaxed from one perspective, that it's Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that is going to expand and add this fruition and flowering of your of your of what you have. Due to whatever he wants, subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a kind of test there, there's a kind of um plan there which is specifically for you. It's like mm. a test, obstacle course. Unique. And you know, the, the thing about obstacle courses is different types. One of the big obstacles will be your risk, one of the big obstacles will be your 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 family, your parents, one of the big mm. ones will if you have children, your children, your friends, your siblings, the um an obstacle course will consist of intense moments of success. How do you respond to that? Like the Prophet when he responded to the the um, the entry into Mecca al Mukarramah toward the end of his life, when he gained entry to it and gained control of Mecca al Mukarramah through what we call Fatah, the opening. The response of that was an obstacle for the Prophet It was like a part of the obstacle course for the Prophet which was he. He he endeavored to do it through patience and more specifically, actually, not patience, um, humility. Hmm. So that was like this all these tests coming up. Not for him, it wasn't a test. It was him, it was um a showcasing of what you should be like. So with the hmm. prophets, these kind of tests, which is risk and enemies and friends and family, are like a, a presentation of what we should be doing. And that's mm -hmm. why prophets are sent. So these are people like Imam Dahlabi says that the, the the prophets are indicators of a heavenly realm and a sense of purity which gives us the desire to follow them. And so when you see the prophet and his concept of risk, that the prophet would get would receive with one hand and give with the other, mm -hmm. it was like a constant thing that he would, Sallallahu you know, spend three days. Aisha said that they would, be, they would go three days and three nights in the house of Prophet and not a, a, a stove was burnt to cook mm. food. So that is the concept of risk of of having such wealth that you just give it out right away. It's like a vehicle. You're almost like a receptacle or a medium through which money is transferred. It's like a it's like a massive bank which bring has money coming in, going out, like a normal bank, like a, a bank when there was gold and silver. And that is the thing that is the headline in terms of risk. Now, the second thing is, if you understand that, then you can understand the second thing, which is you, as the Prophet said, for ajmilu talab, you should be gracious and and pure in seeking that thing out, hmm. which is the kind of whole thing of nabtalihi. It's that point that God is going to test you.
there's a couple of tests happening. One is that, do you, are you able to perceive that God is the one that gives you it? Like that's a test. So most mm. people um, should pass that because, you know, if you believe in God, that's part of what God will give. Um, but the second one is the one that everyone has to test, to, to pass through the test, which is how to seek it. That is where, you know, the, the real ibtila is of, okay, do you just do something unethical or do some do something that's moral? You know, the result is multifold for you and for other people. Like I mentioned, I mentioned to you many times that, you know, when Muslims arrived in Singapore, in Malaysia and in Indonesia, they, they spread Islam through just the giving, selling, buying and selling. But when they gave and sold something like wheat, they would add a handful extra as a custom. Hmm. So the people that bought it would see that they are purchasing what they wanted, a kilo or, or whatever, and then they give a hand extra. The hand extra was this almost like this 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 same um, statement that the risk the risk is in the, in the hands of God, mm. and I'm not fearful of a decrease in risk just because I've given something extra to somebody else. Mm. I know that if mm. I give that to somebody else, there is a divine promise that God will give you even more in return, mm. and so that just that event would make people become Muslim to the point that the biggest Muslim country on the face of this earth now is Indonesia, which has which essentially spread in its Islam based upon that simple, you know, reliance on risk that these merchants mm. came with. And that's, you know, that's the effect of a concept. People always say, look, what's the point of faith? The point of faith is that makes those, it creates civilizations. In a way that no, nothing, I mean, regardless of what people say, I don't think atheism will ever, ever create a civilization. Mm. Mm. Never. Absolutely never. It never has. Okay, say it's because it's because it's such a, a recent thing. Um, okay, what's it creating now? I've rested my case because it's a complete a destructive force because it has no more no moral compass, and therefore everything it's going to do is going to lead to the destruction of the earth, and the environment, mm -hmm. and human society, and human families. Everything is just going to atrophy and fail because the simple fact it can't create. Uh, it can't really create. A, a, a coherent civilizational um, blueprint, and that's the, uh, the one of the biggest proofs for religion for me is that religion always produced a healthy civilization, hmm. and hmm. the opposite, which is lack of God-centeredness, will never produce, you know, high art. It will never produce high literature, um, artifacts. It will create, you know, concrete jungles. It will create despair. It will create depression. It will decree, create environmental degradation at a scale never understood. Mm -hmm. It will create a situation where you you have no value for human life, and so the only thing that just you know kind of decides what is right and what's wrong is the consequences and the utility of something. How much can we make out of this? How much can mm -hmm. we use? How much can we milk this? How much mm -hmm. can we use? You know, children in Bangladesh to make close until we're found out and, and then we say okay we shouldn't be doing this because it's unethical only when you're found out this is a society we live in mm -hmm. i mean i i love muslims that you know ex-muslims that I've, I've spoken to a number of ex-muslims and what they always do is they end up running away when the hard facts of these situations come up when they say oh the west is has become so advanced because it's has no god involved and within a couple of minutes of a conversation with me i think they start to get slightly un, unhinged 
mm. because the fact they don't actually realize they've never thought about the fact that the society which they now laud as being much more advanced has created a, a complete desert in terms of human beings, their spirit, in terms of families, in terms of countries. Everything's about utility and use, mm. the consequences. If you can justify it, you can do it. And and that's why I think, you know, people that, you know, say, well, you know, and there are people that say that religion is a kind of um, a harking to a, a, a earlier age, which was much more primitive and, mm-hmm. and, and mythical and mysterious. I think they miss the whole point of what religion actually says. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this kind of thing, like risk, it's such an important thing because people say, no, the risk is what I invest. I invest. I work. I put the time in. Yes, but there's a deeper understanding of, you know, you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know what you're going to consume. But Sheikh, risk is not conditional upon faith, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. So it's not, you're atheist or not atheist, risk is guaranteed. So this is why Allah is saying, hmm. Like, he's not saying, it doesn't say like I'm going to expand the risk and give a, a, a blank check to the believers, the people that have faith, the people that are aware of Allah. No, it's the and, fact and that you're a believer and Quran informs no, us. Yeah, the, the fact you're a believer has no, you know, in, input into whether you have an easy life or not. And your quality of connection with God has nothing to do with the amount of risk you have. Uh, well, you could have like a pound for your whole life and that you could expand it with blessings, barakah, to the point that, that is, you're so content that you feel you're undeserving of it if you have faith. And you could be given a billion. And with ingratitude, you could you could cons- consider that to be insufficient for the, the amazing person that you are. You deserve much, much more. Hmm. So uh, you know the risk is, you know the, the you know you know the Nawab of um, Hyderabad. He was, um, you know, in, in this century, twentieth to twentieth century, early twentieth century, his wealth was about, um, I think, it was over two hundred and fifty billion pounds. In, in, in when you kind of convert it into modern currency, hmm. he was the richest person. At the time, you know, one of the richest person ever in the history of humanity. And he was also the one that, you know, um, sponsored Maramjun Piktal to do his translation of the Quran as well. Mm. So, you know, his risk was not, he didn't earn it. It was like hereditary. Mm. It was just the land mass that he had under his wealth. The land that he had was considered to be of that nature. Now, the fact that he had it, he had choices to make on what he actually did to it. So no, faith is not a, a prerequisite of anything. What it is a prerequisite of is, you know, what we said before, that, that idea of just giving thankfulness for the simple thing that you have, just a small amount that you have. You know, and, that's and enough. Is risk... Um, is risk... Uh, the, the only condition to have risk is toiling? No, there's no there's no condition to risk at all. You could be you could refuse to move an inch. You could stay in your bed, and the risk will come to you. Because the risk, remember, what's the risk? It's not it's not maash. Maash, you're getting confused with maash. Maash is your paycheck. Mm-hmm. Your paycheck is you know the employer says if you don't come in, I'm going to fire you. 
right? You don't get the paycheck. But the thing that will sustain you was going to hit you. Say, for example, this the, the most um, extreme thought experiment, which is you stay in bed and don't move. You have just signed your own death warrant because your risk was that you would choose to not move and die in your bed, emaciated, emaciated and buried. You take from your bed and buried into your grave. Mm. That's your risk. And, and just because you think you're clever by making the decision yourself, no, God knew that you were going to do it. It's not forcing you. So at any point, did you not decide to do that? You decided to do it. That's your risk. And the mm. thing about human beings, mm. they think they're very clever. Mm. You know, so they say, oh, God could never have believed, never have known that I would just decide not to put down my tools and just not seek any wealth. Where's my risk? Well, your risk was nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you just, it's like, you know, the story of um, Imam Jaladin Rumi mentions this, of Suleiman. Ali Salatu Wasalam, there's a story in the Israeliyat of the angel of death. There's a famous, famous story of the angel of death coming to Suleiman when he's in a in a in a, in a, in a whole a gathering of lots of people, and there's a person next to Suleiman Ali Salatu Wasalam who then starts to shake and tremble. And, and when Suleiman Ali Salatu looks at him, he sees he's in a cold sweat. Mm. And he has, he says, What's wrong? He says there's a person across from the table staring at me with this with, with a stare I've never seen in my life. And um, he said, just make me disappear because I'm too scared. I can't stay here. And, and, and Suleiman said, what do you want me to do? He said, T send me to the other side of the world. So he sent him to China. And then mm -hmm. Suleiman mm -hmm. said to the angel of death, why were you looking at him like that? And he says, I was looking at him because I was surprised he was here when I, when I was asked to take his soul from him in a few seconds on the other side of the world. And I was just looking mm. at him thinking, is this the right person God has sent me to take soul, the soul of? Mm. And so mm. the point is, you know, whatever ma'asabaka, lam yakun liyukhti'ak, as the Prophet said, what is going to hit you and, 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 and catch you was never going to miss you. Now, the way that so, happened so the, is... The risk is not consequential at all. There is no... no ma'ashes, 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 your, your, your pay, pay, chack, pay, pay packet. Which is remember the moment you you earn your pay packet, you know you have this idea of gold diggers. No, Sheikh, but okay. No, no, listen to this. Okay, you have okay. an idea of gold diggers. Imagine mm -hmm. you have this guy or girl make billions of pounds, and there's a person that marries people just to get the money of their spouse. Mm -hmm. Okay, so who's got who's the maash was the person who earned it a billion pounds in the bank. The gold digger comes. The next day after the marriage, the, the person dies of a heart attack. You know, achanak, you know, all of a yeah. sudden. With a, and guess who gets all the inheritance? Hmm. The, 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 the risk is for the person that didn't do anything. And the, the paycheck and the, and the kind of investments were the person that had the billion pounds. It wasn't the risk. It was just left in the bank. So distributed. Consequential. So when we hear charity increases your risk. Mm-hmm. That's a consequence. Well, what does it mean? Increase. Okay. So you have to think. What is what is? Um, no, the Prophet didn't say increase risk. He says la min mal. The the sadaqa does not decrease your wealth. Hmm. You know. Okay. It doesn't decrease. Man qasat malu min sadaqatin that or or wealth. You know, wealth will not be decreased on the on the basis of giving out sadaqa. Now, hmm. you would say. It does because, like, if you have a hundred pounds, I say give some charity. You give fifty. You got fifty left. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know but naqasa here means you know the utility what's the, what what are you going what are you going to do with that money what are you going to end up achieving with that money and so mm-hmm. what happens here is this kind of idea of elasticity of wealth that you have 50 it stretches to what 100 could do or more that you have mm-hmm. The ability to put blessing into something which you never thought happened, or you give it and you get much more in return on earth. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of you know mujarrab, kind of tried and tested. You give charity and you're open-handed. In my own life, I mean, I know people very very close to me that are so open-handed in their in their wealth that you think it's almost destructive, but it's actually the complete opposite. They're living in more luxury. Despite mm. not, I mean, not striving and, and wheeling and dealing, it just comes. It just everything just trickles in somewhere, and mm. it never it's never this point where they're struggling then to understand how the wealth is um, mm. you know, redistributing itself. So mm. the thing we have is this kind of you know scholars always talk about mafatiha risk, the keys to you know kind yeah. of increasing your risk. You know, scholars have written books on this that mm. there's ways of increasing risk based just on the fact that you have baraka. You know, just having, you know, just taqwa is considered to be one of the greatest keys. Um, because mm-hmm. Allah says, Whoever has awareness of Allah, fearful awareness of God, um, you know, it makes an easy path for them and and gives them provisions from wherever, from places they never thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, tawakkul, having reliance on Allah. Even things like you know the Prophet said fulfilling the the, the kings of the the ties of piety, mm-hmm. you know, and the saying Ali radiallahu said that whoever wants to, and I think it's a hadith of the Prophet that he saying Ali said that if you want somebody to have an extended life and increase in their provisions and also be saved, what he said was from an unseemly death, you know, mm. you know a death which is, you know painful and difficult then they should have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yasil rahima and mm. to you know connect the fa- family ties your family visit speak these are this is the thing the prophet promised istighfar you know it's also a hadith that prophet mentioned about hajj you know you know you know following the hajj with an umrah you know when you do hajj you do umrah usually afterwards this is from the hadith of Prophet in which he said that, you know, follow up the, the performance of Hajj with Umrah, for indeed it repulses, you know, poverty. So this, you know, how is it? Mm. I have no mm. idea. But the Prophet said, you've done Hajj, if you follow it with Umrah, and it, the thing you will do is it will repulse poverty. Mm. Mm. And that, so what's that? That's like a super, supernatural cause. Um, so there, there, there are. So th- th- this is what I was trying to understand with this conversation. That so there are things. That, there are things that you do that will increase or decrease your risk. So mm. so. And then you know mm-hmm. this ayah, and then uh, it goes on to uh, no, it's not because that you know we have humiliated you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a condition that it's not because we have humiliated you, it is because you haven't done X, Y, and Z. Yeah, because uh, means to not unlock. See, the thing about 
Qadra means to restrict, it means to de- predestine, it means to uh, assign. And what it almost means is almost un- unlock. It's locked, the risk. So the risk is there, but it's locked. It's like a, a bank account, but it's locked. You can't get yeah. access to it. Mm. So the thing of accessing risk is through actions that you do. Mm. These are, again, I mentioned mafatiha risk, because these kind of keys that unlock the, the risk that you have. Remember, it's not ma'ash, it's not your paycheck. We're talking mm. about risk. Mm. We're talking about the fact of benefit, of utility, of um, blessing. And so the things that you do are, you know, giving charity. Um, you know, all these things are important. Like even even things that you consider to be the complete opposite. Mm. The, you know, what you consider to be the complete opposite of, of gaining risk. So I, I mentioned marriage. Like people, you know, say they can't get married because it's too expensive. Or they can't have children because they don't have the funds or whatever. Allah says himself that if they're afflicted with poverty, this is talking about people who want to get married. God will enrich them from his bounty. And God is Wasun Alim. He is vast and all-knowing. He knows that you're in poverty, but he's vast. He's the one that has the keys to the heavens and the earth. And so, you know, it was. I think it was um, Sina Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, I wonder over, 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 over a man who does not get married, um, or sorry, he, who does not seek wealth through getting married. Hmm. You know, when Allah, and he says, when Allah has himself said, if they're afflicted with poverty, then God will enrich them from his bounty and God is vast and all-knowing. Because he saw in the verse the fact that Allah is relating seeking wealth on the precondition that you get married. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so that goes against everything because you, you, if somebody wants to get married, think, oh, I need um, the catering's going to cost this much, the hall's going to cost this much, I need to get this for the mother-in-law, I need to get this for, you know, and then before you know it, there's a £20,000 bill and unfortunately that's how society is operating now mm-hmm. you know marriage is you know the conditions of marriage are very well known in islamic law ijab qabul you have a male and a female inshallah in, in a good scenario and then you have um <laughs> and then you have um you know the, the wali in, 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 in most of the madhabs and you have the mahar established and bismillah fatiha you know recite fatiha and that's you done Mm-hmm. And so that's just like if you just want to say okay to do on a on a on a shoestring, but the point is, even if you did it according to the sunnah, when you had a walima and you spent say a thousand, two thousand, like that would be kind of normal even in the in the past. Um, that's not going to decrease you in wealth. That's not going to decrease you in your risk. That's going to increase your risk, because you know the Prophet said that there's some there's three people that Allah has promised to aid, aid and abet, you know help. In his path, one is a person that is mujahid fi sabilillah, and a person who seeks to buy their own freedom. You know, in the past they had um, servitude and 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 so forth, and mm-hmm. also a person who who, gain, who 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 seeks to get married to protect themselves. So this is like if this is the reason you get married, then God has promised He's going to help you. Just say Bismillah, start. And then what our society is telling you is no, no, you need to have, you know, in Arab. I feel sorry for Arabs, a lot of Arabs, because. In their culture, they they have overemphasized the the the, 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 the kind of responsibility of mahar to mm. the point that it's almost impossible for. I remember in, when I was in um, Syria, they would a regular khutbah would be about you know the khatib telling parents and families to to lower their expectations of what a, a man should bring to the table as mahar mm. because the, the person would have to essentially work for ten years 
to be able to get to the point that they could afford anything. Mm-hmm. And that's if a person's working. And obviously, there's the social problems that are that connected to that are unending. And, you know, so all these things are just um, things that you do that increase your ability to open that wealth up. You know, they're called mafati, keys. You know, keys are there for things that are locked. Mm-hmm. And I think that's extremely important to understand that we need keys. We need the keys. We need to know what these keys are. And they're well known, the keys of... Um, so, but when he tests him by constricting his sustenance, he says, mm-hmm. my Lord has humiliated me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the, the answer is so telling that it's because and you don't encourage uh, to feed the poor mm-hmm. and you don't Mm. Um, and you greedily devour the entire inheritance. So mm. all these things, so, uh, the, the the poor, the orphans. Yeah, and you just have ing- totally infatuated with wealth. <laughs> yeah, mm. this is all the, this is the problems, your problems. It's not God's problems. They have a problem mm. in, mm. in sharing your, your the money that you have. Subhanallah. So all these are barriers to, to good risk to good contentment yeah it's like you're building a, a like a, a wall in front of the risk that god has allowed you to have access to mafati is to it's almost like unlocking your potential you know people say unlock your potential and x y and z and life coaches always talk about this you just do one thing which is a different perspective or a different realization a risk is the same it's there it's banked it's there it's it's accessible now how you use it how you benefit from it is up to you the risk is there you know the the degree to which you utilize it access it invest it is up to you i mean this is a question of the the ball is in your court so mm, what are you going to do mm, so mm. all the things that are called mafati risk are things that you do there's like you know scholars have mentioned numerous imam ghazali mentions it in his halumuddin as well to, to summarize uh, today's ayah the, today's ayah talks about Mm. Do they not see that Allah enlarges and straightens the sustenance of those whom he pleases? There are signs in this. So if we were to summarize this, there is a definition of risk and risk goes beyond the wealth. Mm. And then I would like you to please, if we can, uh, in the last few moments of this um, today's reflections, um, the keys to opening the risk and obstacles of, of the risk. Um, I mean, I think the the kind of the key ones are, you know, are, are perception, and the, at the head of that would be you would say taqwa and tawakkul. These are kind of things that are mentioned in the Quran constantly as being um, ways that um, you're going to unlock. It's a perception, isn't it? The reliance on God, mm-hmm. a, a fear, fearful awareness of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. These are kind of the keys. Istighfar is an important one. Hassan al-Basri radiAllahu anhu, you know, used to connect istighfar to Almost every worldly benefit. Yeah, so that, that verse of the Quran, he used to, you know, people used to come to him for, for, for things, and you know, somebody would come to him for um you know provisions, um somebody's child is you know kind of off the rails or poverty, whatever. He would always say, you know, recite these verses and do istighfar. And Ibn Abbas was asked, why is that? He said, because you know, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has specifically mentioned it. After he says, Allah says after that, he sends down the rains from the skies. He gives you support through wealth and children. And he gives you gardens and gives you streams. I mean, it was, in other words, gives you everything. Straight after istighfar is that idea. So those are kind of perceptional issues. The other ones are actually to do with, I kind of, I think in passing mentioned, you know, salat al-rahim, you know, connecting and, and preserving the connections of, of a person's family. And then there's things like, you know, the Prophet ﷺ, you know, Abdullah al-Salam radiallahu anhu Allah, he used to say when the Prophet ﷺ was afflicted with any difficulties or, 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 or hardship, he would recite وسلم, the verse, you know, um, order your, you know, what more ahlaka bis salati, wastabir alayha. You know, order your family to the prayer and be patient in, almost, oh, not so patient, be persevering in it. In other words, continually do it, to dawim alayhi. You know, why? Because mm -hmm. the trace after Allah says, we do not ask you, um, we do not ask you to provide sustenance. We provide it for you. And as God's not asking you to give, God is the one that's going to give you. And so just you do what you're supposed to be doing. God has already sorted out the risk. Mm. You understand? And that's why, you know, the, the, the Hadith Qudsi, which the Prophet said that Allah SWT said, that, O son of Adam, make time for my worship and I, I will fill your heart with wealth and save you from poverty. So there's a kind of way, okay, you do what you need to do and we will fill your heart with as much as you can take of contentment. And so mm -hmm. this again is what we're asked to do. You know, this is, you know, one of the spiritual ones is the prayer in the Prophet Ali which is considered to be what Imam Shafi mm -hmm. in his Risala said is no, you know, blessing hidden or otherwise, except the Prophet was the means by which it arrived, the 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 bastion of its of its of its unfolding. So anything that comes to you of good, and that includes the risk, is you know going to be from this prayer in the Prophet Ali You know, there's other things that if you're if you're in difficulties, you can still be lenient upon other things, on other people. And there's a tradition mm -hmm. in Turkey that, you know, the 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 cor you know the corner shops they have all over the mm -hmm. world. They have usually people are in, unable to pay and they have a, a daftar, they have a kind of yeah, a ledging yeah. book. A ledger. Yeah. A ledger that they would write down this person owes this much, this much, this much. And then what would happen is that people who were affluent in these cities, and this happened in other, I know it happened in Damascus yeah. as well, that a, a person would go and they would go around shops and, and take the daftar, hmm. add it up and pay the debt of the people that were unable to pay. Hmm. And so it was that leniency for a person that's not indebted to you is a, a higher level of, you know, it's, it's not like the, 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 the grocer is doing it, mm. you know, because the, yeah, yeah. you know, it's the person who has no connection to the debt is going and attending to the debt of a person who's in difficulty, obviously. And this is why the Prophet said that whoever, you know, alleviates the, 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 the curb, the, the worldly grief from a believer, that God will remove uh, one of the griefs of the day of judgment from them. And whoever you know, so that conception is a is a is a, is a civilizational conception, which you know, which you, again you build civilizations upon. Mm -hmm. That's well, that's what you know. You you create art upon. That's what you create architecture upon. That idea of transcendence of a higher meaning, a higher being, being a higher sense of living. That is not something that's completely you know. In this society, it's all about utilities. Even like very people that are famous for philanthropy nowadays, mm. 
it's all tied into certain things. So mm. people that give charity now, you know, outside the Muslim community, tie it to utility and outcome. So yeah. it's all about engineering, and there's lots of uh, scrutiny on this, like on, on the Bill Gates and his the Gates Foundation. The fact that it, it said it's purported to be a charity mm. and an institution, but essentially it's a policy-driven initiative to affect outcomes that they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's like that's in Islamic law reflections, that reflections ke in the uh, last reflections in the last reflections that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the risk of the risk that is affected by the कि छोटी जो करियाना की और परचून की दुकानें हैं उस पे लोग उधार पे पूरा एक महीने का अपना सौदा सलब जो है वो लेते रहते हैं और कभी कभार बल्कि अक्सर اوقات वो इस काबिल नहीं रह पाते कि वो उसको बरवक्त उसकी अदायगी कर सकें तो जो मुतमवल लोग हैं वो जाके पूछगिछ करके उन खातों की अदायगी अपने जिम्मे ले लें और उससे भी अल्लाह ताला रिस्क में आपके रिस्क में भी इजाफा करता है और उसका اصول यह है कि किसी की तकलीफ को पहचान के दूर कर दिया जाए तो अल्लाह आपकी तकलीफों को दूर कर देता है किसी की तकलीफ की जानकारी लें और उस तकलीफ को रफा करें तो अल्लाह ताला आपके रिस्क में इजाफा कर देता है इसी तरह से गुनाहों की कमी और इबादत में इजाफा रिस्क में इजाफे का बायस बनता है शेख just the, the final bit this was the mafati this was the keys of opening the risk mm. and some of the things that can constrict your risk that we need to watch so one of the i think the most important and this is something that people always you know um ask me is like dua so what dua can we do to the to this or to do that so they want a dua that will help them say for example risk uh, increase risk and the the thing i always say to them is like there is Mafatiha risk and there's things that are the opposite and there's mafat mm. the dua is an opening and there is I've always wanted to write something on the fact that there is risk there's um there's barriers to um dua as well which mm. actually you know you can have the most important dua as Ibn Qayyim al Jawziya said that you know the dua is only as effective as the hand that uses it like a sword mm. you know so it's like a sword if you have a sword but you don't know how to use it it's useless. And so the dua is the same. You have the most amazing dua. If if the person using it has not got the intent and the and the skill to use it, then it's not going to be of use. And mm. the mafatih of risk, which is the ways that you open up risk, are of no use if the the lock itself is you know it's rusty or it, it's been blocked. Mm. And the things that block it are you know one of the the most important. This is for dua, and this is for risk as well. Is um, Breaking the the, kin, the ties of kinship, because this comes from the Quran. The Quran always talks about, you know, having fear of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and also silat rahim. You know, first and foremost, your parents, but then, you know, one of the ways of fulfilling the rights of parents when they pass away is to fulfill the the rights of the family and keep the family connected. That is also one of those ways. And so, why does God couple always the worship of God? And do not associate anything with him. And having good conduct with your with your parents. 
that is like a that is if I was to say you you drop the mic and just listen to this one thing, it is that you the way you deal with your parents is going to be your destiny. You're basically you're writing your own tombstone. You know, you're, you're, you 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 that's the thing that will decide as much as anything else that I've known about. Um, after worshiping Allah and being sincere to Him, is this is is this you drop everything for your parents? Simple as that. I mean, I know there's certain situations where there is you know there's kind of friction at the best of times, but there sometimes is much serious, more serious things. But again, those even more serious things they are dealt with as an exception. But as a general rule, you know, it is the key. It is the key, and mm. the disrespect. And the and the and the pushing away from your parents in disrespect is one of the the most potent and disturbers of risk and blessing in your life. <clears throat> That's all we have uh, for reflections uh, today. Uh, iftar is at eight thirty-eight, seventeenth um, of Ramadan. Um, inshallah, we'll be back tomorrow with another. Uh, session of reflections with Sheikh Razan Muhammad. Until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.